Welcome to Soul Forum. We're delighted to have you here for this series we're calling Soul Body. Each conversation in this second season takes us deeper into the experience of our own bodies, the collective body, the earth body, and even the cosmic body, as we explore the way soul finds expression in our time. We hope what you discover along the way helps you journey a little deeper into your own soul body. In this final episode of our series we call Soul Body, Dan explores what it might feel like to move beyond a privatized version of your sense of soul into one that is an expression of the cosmos itself. Might you experience your body as part of the greater cosmic body? In this conversation with Amber, we hope you might find ways to expand your sense of soul. Dan begins with a reminder that the first language is the language of the body. Might this be the body language within the great flaring forth of the universe? You know, there's one author that wrote that really the first language is the language of the body. You know, the body of the universe as it expands 13 billion years ago and starts to form itself, right? It's, it's body energy that is the primary language of the universe. It's not this spoken word that we've crafted in our cultural contexts in various languages around the world. It's really this sense of this unfolding energetic wave that manifests in you and me right now, right? As we are everything that the universe has been uh, expanding into over 13 billion years. And here we are, right? This amazing small um, extension of this larger journey, the journey of the universe. We are in fact um, just part of this beautiful cosmic unfolding and we, we so forget it all the time because we're we're either grounded in our own bodies, which is fine, we need to do that. We're grounded in earth body, which is beautiful, we need to do that. But we're also a part of this larger cosmic body. And so I tried to find somebody that I could interview that I think could give some uh, language to that. And uh, Sheila G, as she goes by in her, um, that's one name she has for herself, she's also known as Amber, uh, has been a dancer that we've been in relationship for a number of years and was willing just to sit down with me and have a conversation about how does she connect her body to this kind of energy. Amber begins to reflect on the way she channels the energies of the earth and the cosmos through the movement of her own body, through dance, and how this resonance informs her understanding of her deepest self. Like for me, you know, it's about having that really real connection to the earth and to the cosmos and, um, you know, all those energies that are bigger than just myself and my physical body. And by really cultivating that relationship, in addition to having like that deep embodied physical connection within myself and, you know, bridging those two worlds, I feel like I'm really able to just open myself to channel, um, you know, whatever, um, 
medicine and wisdom from the earth uh, wants to come through. And that's expressed uh, mostly through music and dance for me. Those mm -hmm. are um, just my main art forms and um, mediums that really just speak to my heart. So um, yeah, I think really just by bridging all those things is how I'm able to. Yeah, I like that word bridging. How do you, when you think about um, how you intentionally open up something within to make sure that that connection is a vibrant one or one that actually does resonate inside of you. Do you, do you have practices that you kind of engage in that sort of help kind of open the aperture through which you then kind of receive, whether it be, like you said, the medicine of the universe or the energies of the universe that you're trying to not be the lead, but rather be the, um, kind of an uh, open vessel for how that moves into our our space and time. Can you talk a little bit about how do you do that? How do you do that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it is all about like receptivity and being out of the driver's seat. And I feel like as humans, we so love to be in control and uh, to steer the ship all the time. Um, but yeah, really just knowing that it's about sitting back and being in the passenger side and from that space, I think it comes from stillness, you know, deep meditation and quiet and just being able to be really still in the present moment and, um, you know, allow yourself to really just open and feel at home in your body and feel at home in the stillness and the silence and um, be willing to let go of the mind and that just like natural human desire for control do you so is that something you um kind of integrate into your daily practice or is that something that you sort of set time aside for intentionally like when either things are overwhelming or you know so how do you use that methodology in your own kind of life or is it uh even as you get ready to do something creative what's your what's your sort of how do you see yourself using that you know, it's a combination of both of those things. Definitely like having a morning practice, like really sets up my day in a good way. I, like I notice a difference if I have like 20 minutes to just sit and meditate and just be silent and not pick up the phone and, you know, be in the busy, busy of human yeah. life. So just really setting aside space to do that um, really helps for me. And yeah, of course, if I'm going to Hit the studio and work on music or dance or whatever you know beginning from that still point of just being centered and grounded and connected also in a kind of meditative space really important mm -hmm. um and then yeah also just i'm a human too so i get busy thoughts and i get anxiety and when stuff comes up and I, I notice what's when a lot of energy just goes to the mental realm too, mm -hmm. like to really just like ground it down, bring it back down to the earth, connect back in and like find that, that point of stillness. And that can be as simple as just taking a few deep breaths or closing your eyes or, you know, not replying to that text message right away or whatever it yeah. is. Do you, can you feel you, you've talked about how things weld up, you even use your hands to kind of, uh, kind of show how that happens is your your energy moves up into headspace 
can you feel when that's happening to you? What's that feel like when that's happening to you? Can how does weight move around inside of your body mm. when when you're migrating away from that sort of grounded place in your your sense of things? Mm. Well, I think overall there's a feeling of not feeling super embodied or empowered fully. Mm. It's funny because it's like when that energy goes to the mental realm and I'm like trying to control things more, I feel like less empowered and like less in control. So I'm like kind of working against it, which is I think a lot of people do that naturally. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, yeah, that kind of scrambled mental energy can also manifest as like heat in the body or more density or feeling heavier or or the opposite to you feeling like, you know, less grounded and um, maybe a little bit like i don't want to use the word dizzy but um yeah i don't know when there's just too much like air happening um i don't know i feel like my brain can kind of like flicker almost <laughs> oh, interesting as amber reflects on getting out of her headspace and into her grounded and empowered body does some deeper level of consciousness arise when she is able to live out from that connection to cosmic body? Dan wonders if there is a way into such a state. A way of altering consciousness by just being aware of our connectedness to this amazing uh, universe with all of its galaxies and all of its energy that we are in a sense caught up in or in this flow collaboratively and for amber when i talk to her and i ask her you know what what is the longings of your own soul's journey for for amber she articulates it in language that's like um cultivating or channeling the all of those energies that she knows are bigger than she is right how do i allow my body not my mind, although her mind races just like ours does, but not to let my mind do this, but to let my body resonate with these energies and to allow what she understands as, and I love this phrase, as the medicine and the wisdom that wants to come through, move in her body. And when she talks like that, I think I am so far away from that experience on a daily basis. You know, how are you finding your way into this sense of having a body experience that's informing your spirituality and not just a, a mind idea experience? And, and she talks a lot about um, trying to allow herself to um feel at home like her home is inside of this a uh, grand body in motion that then flows its energy through her and that's when she's in dance then she is fully present for that experience that's where she's most at home in her body's connection to this movement or this this energy Mm. Well, 
dance and just movement art for me overall is really just like prayer in motion. Like coming back to the thing I was saying about just like connecting the cosmos with our body, I really feel like dance is like direct gateway practice mm. uh, with that um, and the relationship between music and dance and expression and um, I don't know, dance has just always been so special to me too and something about being able to really open up and channel and just like let go and be in this flow state while still being so grounded and in the body is a really just special practice yeah. for me. Do you do you have a sense that you're ha you have some sort of language in your body that's trying to talk to you or tell you a story or be in conversation with um, nature or the cosmos when you're moving like you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's super on point. I would say the body does have its own language, and I feel like it's almost more potent than like spoken language as far as you know working with the energetics and connecting to the cosmos and the earth and all that because you know there's no dialect it's just yeah it's motion it is just energy and um like i said there's just no barriers or different different um yeah dialects with that it, yeah. it's so cool even just connecting with dancers on a dance level it's like you can just have a full communication through someone who doesn't speak the same like you know oral language of as you but it's like you guys just get each other through the yeah. movement it's, it's a real thing <laughs> that is fascinating it's clear that amber is using some unspoken yet very resonant body language in her movement through dance is there some way you might find your own body language in the world what might that look like Dan shifts the conversation to explore the way Amber accesses this cosmic resonance through what she wears or the practice of costuming. The other thing that she does that I think is fascinating, and I'm not quite sure what, where we can go with this, is that she also um, uses the power of costuming as making sure that, that what she adorns herself with is a uh, conduit for this relationship. How do I wrap myself in something that uh, fosters this relationship to the cosmos? Here is his conversation with Amber as they discuss the way Amber uses costume to embody or express herself. Uh, in a lot of the work that I watch you do, you take on the whole uh, energy of costume, and in fact, kind of inviting uh, a layer over your kind of normal self in order to explore something else. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm wondering if there's something about the use of costume or even the way in which you play with your name that that you're either doing intentionally or that you think helps with this whole process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love this question. Um, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a costume designer and I like grew up playing dress up every day. Like it's one of my favorite things. Um, 
And I, I think we've all felt it too. I, I'm sure we've all dressed up for Halloween at some point or something, yeah. but you know, wearing a certain outfit makes you feel different for sure. You know, just as connected as our, our body is um, to spirit and whatnot. I, I really do believe that what we adorn ourselves in influence that, you know, I feel like it's also like um, the same thing as our senses too. If we smell a certain scent, it'll make us feel a certain way. If you mm. wear a certain piece of clothing or have your hair in a certain way, like it'll make you feel a certain way too. So I think it's a really powerful tool in like attuning, you know, what kind of energy we're trying to portray or um, bring in, um, especially for performance art too. Um, since we are such visual creatures too, you know, even just being in the right costume already sets the tone um, and lets the audience as well as the performer know like what vibe we're bringing in. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I also love with costume design, like I will use like a lot of like, let's say mushrooms in some of my headpieces and these like earthen elements that are like real living things that have these specific frequencies and feelings to them which I know I can personally feel when I have mushrooms in my head like it really turns me into that yeah so that's another piece of it that I like to put into the costuming that's interesting so I I hadn't thought about that kind of idea that you're um you know sort of and maybe maybe you could un unpack this a little bit more but this the costume is not just a layer between you and the external, you know, either the audience or whatever, but it has some sort of internal, it's, it's having some effect on you as well. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a way of, can you, I don't even know if you can find words for this one either, but is there something, what's changing inside when you're in full mushroom headdress, I guess, mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out like, so, and then if I can figure that out, then how do I provide an opportunity for people to try to try that on, right? So mm -hmm. help me out with that one. Hmm. Well, that's definitely correct. It does something to you on the inside. I would kind of compare it to like, like an avatar, you know, when you're like playing a video game and you're like creating your perfect avatar, it's like, mm -hmm. I feel like we can do that with our clothing and costuming as well. It's like you're, you're, in some ways like representing your higher self and whatnot you you can look at it um like that and um yeah i think you don't need to be a performer to do that too i think anyone can do that and it doesn't even need to be you wearing a fancy headdress right. or anything like that um i feel like even bringing it to this like playful once again childlike state too of like, oh, I'm putting on a plaid shirt today. Like, this is my farmer shirt. Like, and just get into a certain vibe with it and just like pretend like you're playing dress up with your own clothes or, you know, mix and match things differently. It's like, I don't know. It's just the energy behind it. Yeah. Um, if you're willing to really just play with it because it's such a fun thing to just. Yeah, I love that. So try I try things on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to, I want to because I, I thought that would be an interesting way for people to, it's sort of a really practical, um, almost like a bait and switch thing. You know, you don't know what's going to happen to you. So if you 
say, why don't you try putting on some clothes that are, you think, or something small that gives expression to your highest self and see how that changes the way in which you're engaging the world. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, cultures have used that forever. I mean, mm -hmm. costuming and, you know, outfitting and animal skulls and you name it, right? There's all sorts of that kind of stuff going on. So there's something there that I think we've, uh, since we're all shopping at the Gap, we've sort of disconnected from, but I think there is, there's something that I notice in you that obviously um, builds on that, which is beautiful. In addition, uh, and I would invite you to think about what you might call yourself, uh, Amber talks about herself both as Amber and Sheila G, which is the um, term she has on the video. Sheila G is a uh, herbal medicinal herb in the Himalayas that's dark and tar-like, sticky, and when consumed in just small amounts, uh, brings energy to the body. And for Sheila G, she, she at five foot one, person of color, who with just a small movement tries to energize world and self has felt like that's her kind of spirit herb, right? So she wants to be Sheila G, that herb, as well as Amber at the same time. And I'm like, oh my God. Uh, this is why I love this person so much. And I thought, if you had to give yourself a, another name, an earth name or a cosmic name that, that allowed you to both honor your deepest connection to the planet, you know, what might it be? And that you don't have to share it with anybody, but you, you in a sense, take on the identity, not just of costuming, but of identity shift. Does leaning into this degree of body language have some effect on the character of consciousness? Is it at some level transformative? Dan explores this question with her. When I ask Amber, and I'll close with this sort of, what does this kind of lifestyle do for you? Um, as you try to, you know, her whole goal is just to let her body manifest this channeled energy of the cosmos and of earth. Um, how does it change your consciousness? And she said, and I, I did not expect this answer. She said, life gets super simple. What, I love that line you had. I don't know where I stumbled into this. You wrote, um, I'm a real fairy. Do you remember that quote that you wrote? Um, I'm a real fairy because I commune with the earth. I breathe with the wind, I talk to the sprites, I thank the plants, offer my moon blood to the trees and cleanse myself with dirt and pray through dance. It's a beautiful like capture of the way <laughs> you find yourself in this energy. And I guess, I guess what I'm wondering is, do you think that that lifestyle that you're trying to maintain i know i know it's hard to maintain it all the time but that you've been working at do you think it invites you into another level of kind of and maybe levels even a bad term but another uh perspective of consciousness you know about how you're yeah i guess that's the word i would use the consciousness not just the mind but just sort of your conscious awareness of 
reality is how is it affected by this lifestyle that you led you think Mm -hmm. it definitely changes your perception of a lot of things i've noticed for me it's made life really simple in a lot of ways Mm. like you you'd think it'd be the opposite like things are more complex now or something but it's just like I don't know it's given me this deeper perspective of like what it is just to be a human on earth and like how just kind of silly our lives are and just like the whole game of it all you know um and makes you know just navigating being a human easier you know it's like we don't have to try as hard as we think we do and need to be successful and do all these things and in these ways it's just like no just we're here and we can love each other and stay connected and love the earth and just take care of ourselves and each other and it's really just just that (laughs) yeah no that that's exactly what uh i wasn't sure where you were going to go with this question but uh you went the opposite direction that i thought you would go right it's it's almost like you're not using this experience to scaffold more meaning and constructs onto the ones you've already inherited but just to let those go and realize how simple and beautiful and intimate life can just be you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like when we like strip it down like that things actually deepen and they get more richer too you know it's like when i can just like unconditionally love like everyone you know still working on that of course that's a big statement it's like we can just love deeper and connect deeper when we don't have these other just walls up and mental constructs oh that's interesting i gotta think about that one that's a good one (laughs) Uh, because it has its own it almost like it has a different kind of generative capacity right so Mm -hmm. it's one thing when you're trying to master the social constructs and we've got plenty of them to master and you're chipping away that direction but there's something that happens uh as generative in the softer approach that you're describing that takes you deeper As Dan reflects on the wisdom Amber shared, he moves into the poetic words of Thomas Berry and asks Amber whether or not she sees our world moving more fully into this level of consciousness that is so deeply connected to the wonder of the cosmos. It gets just super simple. I'm not so anxious about all the navigating, all the complexities. I have to navigate complexities, but I'm not anxious about navigating the complexities. It's just, I am human on earth and I love this experience. I try to love other people. I try to allow healing to happen inside of me and to share healing with others. It's just this uh, kind of very grounded sense of just being present in her body. And then just, you know, we've constructed all this long, and and dense and complicated narrative in our heads about what the world really is but when you're grounded at that level it's just super simple and it it reminded me when she said that there's this old quote in the biblical narrative um and i I don't know that it's that it's jesus who said it so it could have been floating around but prior to jesus but 
there's this line about why are you getting so anxious? You know, look at the lilies of the field. You know, what what kind of anxiety do they have? Look at the birds in the air. You know, they're what, have you forgotten that you're a bird in the air and that you're a lily in the field? <laughs> yep, you probably have. And so you arrive at this anxious place thinking that you're a conqueror of the culture or a person creating the future or a person obsessed with the past when in reality you're, you're a lily in the field. Or as Thomas Berry writes, we might think of a viable future for the planet less as the result of some scientific insight or dependent on some socio-economic arrangement than as just participation in a symphony or a renewed presence within this vast cosmic liturgy. This insight was perhaps something I vaguely experienced in that first view of lilies blooming in the meadow across the creek. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Who are you really, but maybe lilies in the field? What's your sense of how the kind of way in which you're approaching life is finding roots uh, in other communities? Have you, are you in touch with that or do you feel kind of isolated? What's your sense of that? Mm. Um, I, th I think we're headed in the right direction. For me, I feel like at the end of the day, people just need to be themselves and fully. And with that, they can connect to spirit deeper and, um, you know, be more holistic within themselves. And I feel like where we're at on this day and age, like we're really accepting or as accepting as we've been, I'd say, as a society, as far as, um, who we are as individuals you know especially mm -hmm. like um with a lot of the racial movements a lot of you know the gender fluidity stuff and um all that i feel like we're making steps towards being more a more accepting society mm -hmm. whether or not that's like still a mental thing for a lot of people or if they are actually accepting in a deeper way I think we're still working on that, but yeah. I think it's like planted in most people's consciousnesses. Like it's okay to be queer. Like it doesn't yeah. make you less than, you know, anyone else. Um, so with that piece, I think society is, you know, being set up more so for people to just express who they truly are. And I really believe that when we can all get back to that state of just you know being who we need to be and you know remembering that we're all related and we're connected to the earth like we'll be good and mm -hmm. i i'd like to believe that we're moving in that direction do you feel like you're moving in this direction or how might you allow the 13.8 billion year old cosmic story to find fuller expression in your life to close Dan reads some poetry by Drew Dillinger from his book, Love Letter to the Milky Way. Every ounce of matter is frozen light. Roses 
clouds, bones, tears, all slowly moving light. Everything is shining in glory. Everything singing a story. If love is a language, then I am just learning to spell. While there's a story that the stars have been burning to tell. So wake the poets and wake the dreamers. Open your eyes, see visions, imagine a melody. Infinitely listen. A planet of stories with islands of silence, her curved surface radiates grace. A Milky Way blazing in the sky above the city, speaking in fractals, the stars are telepathic. So wake the poets, wake the dreamers. Cultivate the tendrils in the vineyard of your heart. Reorient our buildings to the solstice, and from the center of the city, begin to see the stars again. We are so grateful that you have taken this journey with us. From the first episodes that explored the spirit that resided within our physical bodies to our reflection on the wonder of the cosmic body that informs our very lives. Where will this conversation take you as your body seeks its full expression of soul in the world? Thank you for being a part of the Soul Forum community. If you would like to be included in our next series or are interested in the ongoing live conversations we have each week at Creekside Commons, you can visit the soulforumpodcast.com website to sign up to receive updates on our next series or the public events festivals, and lectures we host in an attempt to invigorate every soul's journey. This episode of Soul Forum has been brought to you by Storycatcher for iPhone, a fun and simple tool that helps you create shareable keepsake video stories. Be the documentarian in your circles. Find Storycatcher, spelt as all one word, on the Apple App Store. You may attend Soul Forum Live each Sunday morning at Creekside Commons in Lafayette, California. The 30-minute presentation is also live-streamed via YouTube and Facebook, where people interact via the chat. After the live stream is complete, for those gathering in person, we then enter into a non-recorded group discussion on the day's topic. We'd love for you to join us for Soul Forum.